Psalm 119 this morning. Psalm 119, God's bounty for the sojourner uh, is kind of what I came up with for us this morning. And, and uh, this world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. And I think we would do well to, to always keep that in our minds. And uh, <clears throat> the Psalms here, uh, this great psalm, if you will, of 119 demonstrates the many facets of the Word of God and, and uh, how delighted in it every day under different circumstances. And you see uh, how the psalmist uh, looks at the Word of God from different perspectives uh, in life and, and uh, really understanding that can enrich our lives. Uh, incorporating the Word of God in all facets of our life. And, but we come to these uh, verses here in 17 through 24, uh, and we find this truth that uh, we should often remember, that God provides for what He requires. And uh, He always does. And that's good. And, and uh, as we journey through this life, uh, we must remember to lean on the Lord and to trust in His Word. And so... Uh, with those kind of opening thoughts, let's read uh, this passage here, uh, <clears throat> verses 17 down through 24, and we'll look at what uh, the lesson has for us this morning. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not my, thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Father, we do thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless our Sunday school hour this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would give liberty and that the word of God would have free course in each and every heart this morning. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just draw us near to you today. And we'll give you the thanks for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we need God's bounty. Uh, the idea here is, is God's liberal blessings, if you will, to be largely blessed of God. The psalmist says that deal bountifully with thy servant. Or with thy servant. And so he, he really goes to the Lord in, in prayer or a petition uh, that, they would, that he would have God's bounty in his life. And uh, I believe all of us would enjoy that, right? Nobody wants to be in want. Um, I know I certainly do not want to be in want, and whether that's physically or spiritually. Um, you know, I heard this saying uh, years ago, a friend of mine, his dad told him growing up, he said, you're never going to lose weight if you're not hungry. And, uh, but nobody likes to be hungry. Uh, nobody likes to go without. And, and uh, <clears throat> we want God's blessing. And, and listen, I, I firmly believe that God wants to bountifully bless us. Uh, to give us an abundant life even. And uh, he doesn't want to simply survive, the psalmist here. Um, and uh, we can be... Uh, excuse me. We can be guilty of just trying to survive in this life. Just trying to get by sometimes. And, uh, but he wants a bountiful life. Uh, when our lives are bountiful, we can do more than just take care of ourselves. 
So when you're in survival mode, right, oftentimes we're just focused on inwardly in, in, in very selfish motives. And, and we're not able to be a blessing and a help to anyone because we don't have the bounty of the Lord in our lives. And, and uh, we can do more than just to our own good, but to the others that are around us as well. And uh, we, you might say we have enough left over to help others, um, whether that's physically or spiritually, right? And, and so if you're struggling financially uh, to make ends meet, you really aren't going to be much good to anyone else that might need some help. Uh, and listen, the same is true spiritually in our lives. Uh, if we're struggling and, and we're in want spiritually, uh, it's going to be very difficult to help others spiritually. Um, when we're struggling spiritually, I know in my own experience, uh, I'm not usually as good of a witness as I am when I'm being bountiful in my Christian life, if you will. Uh, and so uh, that's the psalmist's prayer here, and that we would have God bestow the good or the benefits or his bounty in it. And when you look at that, in the original, it has the idea of being ripened or mature. Uh, and God has just blessed you to the point where you're able uh, to be an encouragement to others, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> we need God's bounty to fulfill our purpose in life. Um, and Ephesians 2.10 gives us some basics. Uh, we're just going to look at really quickly on, on the, some of the basics uh, or just kind of skim the surface of some of our, uh, what we ought to be fulfilling in the Christian life. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so we know that God wants us to be laboring and accomplishing those good works that, that he intends for us to do. And as believers, we're created to serve and to do those things, uh, but we cannot fulfill those things uh, if we have not been given the bounty from the Lord. Uh, we must receive it from the Lord. And, and uh, <clears throat> God has ordained for us, if we are living spiritual, uh, to share that with others, I believe. And uh, we need God's bountiful resources in our lives to accomplish the work He has for us each and every day. Um, we need Him. And, and if you remember back to last week, we talked about uh, up there, in the previous verses, it says, teach me thy statutes. And we talked about the Comforter and the Holy Spirit being able to teach us the Word of God. And we can grow in that manner. It's similar here where we need God's bounty in our lives that we can just live, it says. That we may live. Um, <clears throat> uh, and keep thy word. We're not going to be able to do this on our own. We are dependent on a God above to strengthen us and to empower us to accomplish what he intends for us to do as Christians. As believers, we can't do it on our own. And, and uh, the psalmist asks, uh, for that reason, he understands that, that, that he needs God's bounty and, and just to make it in this life and, and to keep his word. And in verse 18, he asks the Lord this, because he understands it. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Have you ever prayed that? I know I have. Uh, that ought to be the prayer of every believer this morning. That God would illuminate His Word that we might see those wondrous things uh, that would help us in this life. As we sojourn, if you will, we are dependent on God's direction to navigating this life. Uh, and we ought to feel that way. Um, sometimes we get uh, in the flesh or we get confident uh, 
in our abilities, which the Lord had given us to begin with, right? And, and we feel like we don't need to uh, really lean on the Lord, but the reality is we need that in order to navigate this life. Uh, we can't do it without His help, um, and we need Him to illuminate us. We are dependent on Him. We must receive from Him the directions for our course. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you seeking God in His Word? Are you seeking God in his word? And let me remind you of what John 15, 5 says. It says, I am the vine, branches, he that abideth me and in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And I came across this this week as I was looking and preparing for this passage. Um, and uh, there was uh, someone that personalized this. And it says, if... Justin abides in me, and I in Justin. Justin will bear much fruit, but without me, Justin can do nothing. And we talked about personalizing the Word of God last week, and we need to really start doing that in our lives. Sometimes we read these, and, and maybe we memorize the Word of God, and, and, but we don't make it personal. And, and we forget to understand that we have no strength in and of ourselves. We have no ability uh, in our own power to do anything or to accomplish anything for God. And well, we need to lean on Him and, and get our nourishment from the vine, if you will. As we strive to labor for the Master, we must feel not with the, just the physical bread, but also the bread of life, the Word of God. If we attempt to serve in our own strength, we'll come up short every time. I'm sure you can attest to experiencing that in your life, where sometimes we uh, get so busy about things, or we get so concerned about things, or distracted with certain things, and we begin serving out of maybe routine, uh, maybe just the, the commitments are so great, and the, and the time constraints, and, and we carry on, and we carry on, and we get to this point where it's like, I cannot go on anymore. And that's because we were attempting to do it in our own strength. Uh, we weren't uh, being uh, fed or filled bountifully from above to accomplish those things that God has for us. And uh, <clears throat> as we move on to verse 19 and 20, we are strangers. And uh, that song that we sang in Sunday school, and uh, I've been, I, was, I don't sing, so I'll preface it with that. I have a terrible voice. I just really can't carry a tune. I've tried. Cindy says when I practice and stuff, it's a little better, but... Um, in the shower, um, I just was singing that, that, uh, that song in the shower. This world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. And uh, listen, we need to remind ourselves sometimes uh, that we're strangers. And the psalmist here in 19 reminds us of that. I am a stranger in the earth. Uh, we're strangers here. Uh, don't get comfortable. I think some of us are a little too comfortable here uh, with the worldly influences and we fit in a little too good uh, if we're not careful. And a stranger or a sojourner resides temporarily in a place. This is temporary. It's not permanent. Uh, it's not forever. And uh, Christians are pilgrims on the earth preparing for life in eternity. Uh, are you laying up treasures beyond the blue? Uh, are you laboring for the Lord this week? I was talking to a coworker, and and uh, we're 
kind of like-minded, and, and uh, now that I've been in the Air Force uh, over 19 years, you, uh, you look back and you join 20 years ago almost, and you think the Air Force really has changed. And I know every generation has said that, and when I came in, I remember the crusty old guys uh, that were giving me as a young airman a hard time, and now I am the crusty old guy. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at it going, wow, I, I'm not very confident in the direction the Air Force is going. And, and uh, we were talking about some things and, and uh, you know, what we're going to do. I was, he was one of the few people I confided in and said, I think the Lord's just moving me on and I, I'm probably going to retire this year. And, and we we're talking about those things. And we brought up another uh, person's name. And, and uh, this man is uh, very influential in our squadron. Uh, his father was a retired chief. He is a retired chief and he now works as a civilian in our unit. And, and uh, we were talking about it. And uh, we kind of felt bad for the guy because that's all he has. He has spent his entire life building this military uh, life, you know, and and he made it to the top level of enlisted leadership as a chief to E-9. And and now he's retired and and he works again for the Air Force and those things. and, And sometimes you look at his life and it's just like that's all he has. And we were talking about how well, that's not our desire. Um, that's not what I want. I don't want to just look back at my life and go, boy, I'm to the top levels of, of what the world has to offer, but that's all I have. And so this morning, uh, Joe, don't forget that you're a stranger. That this is temporary. This world is not our home. We should not be comfortable or be too comfortable in it. Uh, we would do well to remember 1 John chapter 2 and verses 15 and 17. Let me read those to you this morning. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Here it is. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so as we sojourn in this land, we always need to remember that we are sojourners and those things that take place in this world, the earthly things that sometimes by necessity we have to be a part of, those things will one day pass away. But are you doing the will of God along the way? Are you accomplishing those things that God desires you to do? We looked at at, at Ephesians chapter 2, and and he has a work for all to do. Are you doing what God wants you to do as you pass through this life? Or are you going to get to the end of the road and go, wow. Wow, this is what I have to show for myself. The the labors of my hands or or the, the, the career that I built. The home that I had constructed, is that all you're going to be able to hold on to? Or are you going to be able to look at those things and and truly be able to say that I've done the will of God? And those things that God required of me, I accomplished. Uh, That's what's going to matter. Uh, We are temporary stewards of our time, talents, and treasures that God's provided us. Just temporary stewards of all that. Uh, It's all going to change one day. And listen, God's going to hold us accountable for our stewardship. Um, No doubt we will be held accountable for how we uh, conduct ourselves as sojourners here on this earth. Uh, And what we do impacts our eternity. 
we will give an account of our conduct in this life. We won't take the time this morning to uh, look at, for, well, actually, let's do it. I'll just read these verses as a reminder this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These are uh, very familiar verses to me, um, and it's a good reminder, I think, uh, to look at these often. As the Apostle Paul is dealing with carnality in the church, we, we see that up in verse 1, And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And so he's dealing with some things there, and, and we know that they're going back and forth with Paul and Apollos and in those things. But turn your attention to verse 9 and look what it says. For we are laborers together with God. We are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that uh, is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work for what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. And so this morning I submit to you, what we do with ourselves in this life impacts eternity. I don't believe there's any doubt in Scripture about that. And so are you accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish uh, as you sojourn through this life? And uh, I believe this is why the psalmist yearns for the eternal words in this temporary world. Look at verses 19 and 20. This is... Uh, This is good. It says, Hide not thy commandments from me. In the latter part of verse 19, and verse 20 says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgment at all times. He's broken. The psalmist understands he needs the eternal word of God, the eternal word of God to make it through this life's journey. He needs the Word of God. He wants God to show him wondrous things and, and to uh, teach him things from the Word of God. And, and it says his soul breaks. He longs for the Word. Do you desire for God's Word? The psalmist here was broken over his desire for the Word all the time. It says judgment at all times. I have to admit, sometimes I don't feel that hunger for the Word of God like at other times. And I'll be honest again this morning that sometimes I don't even necessarily feel broken about that. God help me. Uh, The psalmist here was broken for his longing to know the Word of God, the judgments at all times. And I believe that's his understanding of how critical it is that he's connected to God and to understand God's word to help him through this journey in life. That he can't do it on his own. He needs God's judgments. He needs God's word. He needs God's strengthening all the time to accomplish the work that God has for him to do in this life. How long can you get along without being in the word? That's a sobering question because sometimes in the Christian life, 
uh, we can go days, weeks, months without getting into the Word of God. And uh, listen, if you don't have a desire for the Word of God, you need to pray and ask God to give you one. Uh, pray that prayer that God would open his, uh, open your eyes that you can see wondrous things out of his word. And, and listen, I found that, that the more you get into the word of God, listen, sometimes it is not always exciting. Um, sometimes waking up at, at 5 a.m. or whatever time uh, so you can carve out that time because it's very important to make time for it. Because uh, the distractions of the world and the devil, he'll keep you from the word, but you have to choose and carve that time out intentionally. But sometimes it does feel a little laborious to do that. But what I have found is when I do that and I'm committed to those things, that the Word of God gets sweeter and sweeter. There might be drier periods. There are times when God gives you just the morsel of bread of life that you need for that moment. Just that sweetness of the Word to get you through those things. And that happened to me this week. Work has just been... its it's been a downer these weeks. We've had a roof blow off, and and uh, we had some power outages, and we had v- facilities on generator backup. And as the operations superintendent, all those people that have to deal with that work for me, and it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, my mind's exploding. I feel like I'm drinking from a, a water hose, and we have EPRs. I have 28 EPRs to review, and there's still more. Um, decorations are coming in, too, to, to write things. And it's just like I feel like I can't get a break. And uh, Thursday morning, I just, I had kind of got up late and I just, I actually read this passage because I didn't have a lot of time. And so I was like, I know I'm going to be teaching that again this, in, out of there this week. I just want to be familiar with it. And there was nothing specific that God Thursday morning gave me out of this. But it calmed my heart. Amen. And it was just that sweet moment where, where God was like, you know what, I'm here. I'll be with you. You can handle this. This is nothing. You got to make time to do it, though. You got to take time to do it, or it won't. It's not just going to happen. And so, uh, how long has it been since you've been in the Word? It, it, it's so good that sweet morsel that you need. God knows the timing, and He'll give it to you every time. And, and so, as we make our way through this life. We need the bounty of God's word to guide our way. Uh, No doubt about it. Technology is a great thing. Who's GPS, right? You know, I remember TomTom. That was our first GPS. We got TomTom. I don't even know if TomTom's a thing anymore. But but, uh, you got GPS on your phone and all those things. And and, uh, so, but I believe modern technology has made us lazy. Um, Cindy and I, I remember when we uh, first, we were going to our first duty assignment, and uh, you know, you bring out the atlas, <laughs> right? And we had a real, we felt like we had a good atlas because it had little time hacks in there, you know, based on the speed limit, and, and you traveled from this city to this city, it would take approximately this amount of time, and, and so you'd, you don't want to miss this exit or, the, or that turn here or there, and, and you got familiar with the atlas, the roadmap. Nowadays, I just plug in an address on my phone, and I just blindly go, turn left. Okay, I'm going to turn left here. And I don't even know the name of the streets I'm on. I don't know what highway I took by the time I get somewhere, right? Uh, we need to be careful that that's not how we treat the Word of God. Amen. We need to study the Word of God like it's the atlas of life. Amen. 
study the Word of God for the directions uh, that we ought to follow in life. Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things. Uh, Listen, those wondrous things aren't hard and difficult. Listen, God wants to bless us bountifully on the way. And he will give us those things that we need and it will be an enjoyable trip. You know, when you got three kids, and I'll never forget, we were, my uh, grandmother passed away and Cindy and I were driving before GPS and all that. We, we may have had Tom Tom by this time, but it was a familiar route. We're going home and, and uh, kids can ruin a car trip, I'll tell you what. Um, Cindy and I were used to, you know, you can get in the car, drive 16 plus hours, no issues, right? And so we're, we're going home to see my grandmother, or, or to go to her funeral rather, and and uh, so we're trying to make some good time. We're driving from uh, southern Nevada and Las Vegas up to uh, Spokane, Washington. And, and uh, kids don't care. They just get sick whenever. And here we are driving, and that kid vomits. And the vomit went from his car seat in the back to the front seat. Disgusting. And so listen, sometimes travel isn't always good and fun. But if you get into the Word of God, God can give you some wonderful things from His Word along the way to make the journey a little less laborious and a little less difficult. Uh, So, are you in the Word? Uh, I know for me, uh, the more this life begins to, the burdens and those things bear down, uh, I need the presence of God in my life more than ever before. And, and when I look back, sometimes I wonder how I even made it through because I probably wasn't conducting myself the way that God desired me to. Listen, there's a work for us to do, and, and God wants to strengthen us for that, but we need uh, to seek Him and His Word, and, and He'll deal bountifully with us. I promise you He will. And so verses 21 through 24, there's some potential hazards along the road, right? As we sojourn through this life, and, and we'll just kind of briefly touch on two of these potential hazards and uh, that can divert us from God's path in life uh, as we sojourn. And uh, we see the, the first is the rebuked people in verse 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. The psalmist has seen what God does to the prideful or the presumptuous or arrogant person. Uh, a person that has turned or erred from the word of God. Uh, listen, we need to be careful to guard ourselves against this in our own lives. Uh, we must guard against this and understand we will encounter some people that are in this state. Uh, and we need to be patient with them. Uh, God help us not to be guilty of, of erring from the Word of God. Uh, and help us to be patient when we encounter such people. Um, and when you think of our nation today, uh, no doubt that's where we're at. And uh, God turns these type of people away that we see in verse 21. Uh, in verse uh, <clears throat> Psalm chapter 9, well, let me read verses 19 and 20, or excuse me, 21 and 22. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. And, and so go down to verse 23. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. And so we see that God turns these people away uh, that are in such a condition and they are left stranded with hopeless 
and worldly ways that lead to destruction. Uh, those that err uh, from the commandments, from the Lord's commandments. Psalms 9, 5 puts it pretty simple. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. And really, this is truly the opposite of the bountiful blessings that we see in verse 17. Uh, we can have God's bountiful blessings if we desire it, and we, we have the Word of God as a part of our life, but when we err from it, uh, it's the exact opposite. And we need to be careful not to become arrogant in our walk and begin to err from the Word. I've seen Christians do that. They get lifted up. They feel like they've got to a certain point in their Christian life, and, and uh, destruction is the only thing uh, that is inevitable there. And, and uh, so we need to be careful that we don't become guilty of this, but we also need to understand there are people like that out there. And uh, we'll, we'll look at it here briefly um, in, in the next couple verses. And we, we talks about the princes that sit and speak against him. And, and in verse 22, the reprove and contempt. And uh, he asked for those things to be removed. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, that's a second hazard. Uh, that we want to look at this morning. And he says, remove from me contempt or from reproach, the disgrace or the shame of contempt, the, those that are despising him or what, for whatever reason or disrespect him, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me. When we walk in God's ways, we can expect conflict and pushback from those who are walking away from God. Those that err, you could expect that they're not going to hold you in high regard. Those who reject God's word will reject God's people. Um, Matthew Henry, I'm going to read this to you. It was in, in reference to these couple of verses right here in, in uh, verses uh, 22 down through the end of the, the, the stanza, this section. He said this, and it was, I thought it was good. It says, Reproach and contempt may humble us and do us good, and then it shall be removed. He pleads his constant adherence to the word and way of God, for I have kept thy testimonies. He not only pleads his innocency, that he was unjustly censored, but that he was jeered for well-doing. He was despised and abused for his strictness and zeal in religion, so that it was for God's name's sake that he suffered reproach. And therefore he could with uh, the more assurance beg of God to appear for him, the reproach of God's people, if it not be removed now, will be turned into the greater honor shortly. Yes. We're sojourners. Listen, we might have to deal with some things today. Uh, we might have to deal with some things in this life, but eventually uh, we, we're going to be on the winning side. And uh, what a blessing uh, to think about that. Though God is the king above all kings, he does allow fallen, corrupt people to rise into authority over his children in worldly affairs. Well, we're seeing it in our nation today. Uh, Jesus himself submitted to pagan rulers and leadership uh, at the time of his uh, sojourning on the earth, if you will. And uh, so listen, likewise, we as God's children must submit to ungodly rulers, even if it's uncomfortable. Uh, even if it's not convenient, well, we ought to submit to those things. And uh, sometimes you might think it's a mystery uh, to us why God allows this. 
why would God allow it? I don't have those answers for you this morning. Uh, definitely not all of them. Uh, but I want to assure you that this is a temporary trouble that has a permanent, or a, a permanent promise that it's all going to be resolved someday. Amen. We're not going to deal with this forever. We'll deal with it here, and, and we got to do what God expects of us. Uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. I guess 1 Peter is after the book of Acts. I don't know where I was going. But, uh... <laughs> Verse 18, servants be subject. Did I say 1 Peter chapter 2? Yes. All right. Verse 18, servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Verses 19 and 20 are very sobering thoughts. For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently, but if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. And we have the example of Christ in verse 21 there. And we won't take the time to read that this morning. But listen, uh, I don't care how bad it gets as we sojourn down here. We need to determine that our conduct is going to be what is acceptable in God's sight. And I'm afraid what I see today is... Um, I have Facebook, and, and sometimes I want to get rid of that stupid stuff because even the people of God, all they do is just start arguing about things. Well, this and that and back and forth, and they're not acting in a way that seems spiritual at all. And we need to be very careful to understand that sometimes we're going to suffer for doing the right thing, and the way that we respond will be judged by God. And I'll tell you what, I want my conduct to be acceptable in his side. I don't care what anyone else here thinks. Uh, we need to be careful uh, to submit ourselves in a godly way. There are times when we might need to speak up and, and, and say some things that uh, they might get us in trouble, but it doesn't mean we ought not say them. But listen, we, not, we shouldn't be doing it. I don't know. There's just such a braggadocious attitude from some of the people I see today. And it, and it has nothing to do with advancing uh, the ministry of Christ, but it, it seems like they're just stuck on these conservative values. Uh, let's get back to that these people need Christ. And the way that we respond to them and, and the way, no matter how harsh they can be, we need to respond in the love of Christ. Uh, they might not see it. They might not understand it like that, but listen, if we get into our closet of prayer and start praying for these people, I believe we can make a difference. We're not going to make a difference with our loud mouth, noxious tones. We're going to make a difference by acting like Christ and conducting ourselves in a way that pleases the Father. Because that's all Jesus did. He came here to do the will of the Father, and everything he did in his life was to that end. We need to remind ourselves of that at oftentimes. Jesus reminds us, he gives us a command actually in Luke 6, 28, bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. Pray for them. Uh, I believe the people of God will be taken advantage of in the coming days in America. They will be oppressed. 
We could go on and on about that, but listen, we need to respond in prayer. Respond in the right manner. Uh, Listen, God knows that we can be overwhelmed with the scorn and the oppression of this lost world. He understands that. Don't forget that Jesus lived this life. And He went through all those things that we face. All those temptations, all the reproach. And he overcame it. And with his power, we are overcomers. Uh, so he understands that and, and that we can get that way. And, and uh, look at verses 29. And so this is a good reminder as we finish this, this stanza out here, this section in Psalm 119. Princes also did sit and speak against me. I want you to notice what comforted him. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. The psalmist turned to the Word of God. He found comfort, he found counsel in the Word of God. Uh, Listen, I'm telling you, we need to get in the Word of God. we got tough days ahead, I believe. And we're going to need to be in the Word of God. And and, uh, listen, the psalmist turned to the Word of God when he was harassed. Uh, He withdrew, he turned his thoughts on the law of God, and he sought comfort in meditation the law of God. He turned to the word of God. Psalm 119, 92 says this, unless the law had been my delights, then have I perished in mine affliction. Boy, I would have given up if I didn't have the law. If I wasn't delighting in the things of God, I would have given up. I would have perished in mine affliction. Uh, 119, 95 says this, the wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. Boy, they want to destroy us. But we can find comfort in the Word of God. We can find comfort in walking with God. As we journey through life, we must stay in tune to the Word of God and seek God's bounty to help us minister to others and to overcome the contempt of this world. When you that word contempt there, and, and we'll say this in closing, um, when you look it up in, in Webster's, it says this word is one of the strongest expressions of a mean opinion which the language affords. So the idea is the worst opinion that they can have of us. The Lord can overcome that. If we would get in His Word. We we must be more concerned of God's opinion than of the world's opinion. Who cares what their opinion is? Even, no matter how strong of a negative opinion they have of us. What's God's opinion of our life? Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in our hearts. I pray that each one of us would be a student of the word of God. That we would make the time, Lord, to read and to study. Lord, and that we would apply the word of God to our lives. And Father, we thank you for our church. Lord, it's, uh, Lord you've blessed us so well. So much, so bountifully here. And we just ask for your blessing on the service to follow. We pray that you would fill this place with the Spirit. Lord, that you do a work in each and every heart. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.